Welcome to another episode of the Out of the Pen Podcast here on Trackstar Sports Network. I am your host, Eric Boston, and with me uh, on this episode is a friend that uh, we've been we've been friends for quite a while, actually, going, what, 18 years? Something like that. Yeah, 18 years, and um, he's part of the Out of the Pen uh, team, a writer with the website. I'm sure you've seen a lot of his stuff. He puts out uh, some really good articles. Um with the by the number series, and that is Mr. Andy Ziga. How are you doing today, sir? Doing great, thank you. Awesome, awesome. So yeah, we've we've been friends a long time, man, and we've been able to talk a lot of baseball over the years, and so it's kind of cool to be able to, I think, just sit here and talk about it on the podcast. I guess you know. Yeah, uh, yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So why don't you um, maybe just kind of. Tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Uh, I'm, I'm sure they, you know, if they've been following the website and seeing the articles that are coming out, that they've, um, you know, seen some of your writing. But why don't you just kind of let them get to know you a little bit with this being your first time on the podcast? Well, uh, I'm from Tulsa, Oklahoma, but I live in Branson now, and I, I have uh, four kids and happily married, and I teach uh, math and um, in town uh, at Halster and. Um, I've enjoyed sports all my life and um, just been uh, an avid fan of baseball and um, love baseball. Awesome, awesome. And obviously with Andy being a a math teacher, that probably sheds a little insight for those of you who have read his By the Numbers pieces. Uh, You just kind of see stuff a little bit different than what I'm able to uh, from that. But I think you bring a really good uh, uh, quality to the out of the pin team, man. So I'm excited uh, to have you doing this with us. Um, before we get into today's topic, Andy, of course, I want to uh, give a, a big shout out to Podcast Republic. For those of you who have listened to the show, you know that um, if you listen on a Android device, you need to download the Podcast Republic app. It is exclusively for Android. You get all your favorite podcasts right there on your phone, your tablet, whatever you're listening on. And you can hit your favorites, get them right there on the home screen. And, of course, you know, you want to go on there and you want to make sure to favorite the Trackstar Sports Network where you can hear the great collection of sports shows, sports talk that we have across the network, including the Out of the Pin podcast. And, of course, whenever we have new podcasts come out, we're going to let you guys know via our website via our social media so make sure you go on to out of the pin baseball.com subscribe so that you get those updates and know when the latest episode of the podcast comes out that way you can jump on the podcast republic and listen to it um andy let's 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 just kind of dive into it so one thing that uh you and i have in common besides being uh longtime friends is that um we both are fans of teams that are are Let's just be honest. We're not contending this year in 2018. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Andy is a big Texas Rangers fan. You guys mm-hmm. know I'm a Kansas City Royals fan, and we are kind of duking it out with uh, Baltimore at this point to see who can finish worst in baseball this year, um, which is 
always a fun situation, I guess. I, I, I don't know. It's, uh, you know, I've kind of gotten used to, you know, being relevant for the last few years, and, and this year was a bit of a shock. Um, so, Andy, you and I talked going into this. We said, hey, you know, let's, let's talk about those teams, you know, with it being July and, we, and we're getting close to the trade deadline that – People are always looking at those teams who are in the thick of it, who are definitely you know in that playoff hunt, and are looking to add pieces to their roster. You know, as the trade deadline gets close, um, but you kind of ignore those teams that are, you know, they're just not in it. You know, for whatever reason, and we wanted to kind of talk about that. And I wanted to start off with you had put up an article last week about uh, a trade between your Texas Rangers, and the San Francisco Giants. And I thought it was a very interesting trade and applies to what we're looking at here. Um, and, and I wanted to kind of let, let you just, you know, r- run down that trade, you know, give us your insight on it, and then I'll come back around with, with you know, what I took from it. Yeah, well, um, the trade um, is kind of funny. Um, I believe the that... Um, well, I'm not sure if they've officially cut him, but but the Rangers have already DFA'd Austin Jackson, who was the headliner, quote unquote, of the trade, and um, they also took uh, uh, this guy Corey Gearin, who's a relief pitcher, and um, who you know I hadn't heard of before really, um, and uh, a a prospect, Jason uh, Bear, and the um, whole idea of the trade if was basically for the Giants to shed money to make sure that they were under the cap and for the Rangers to um, get that prospect and actually buy buy a prospect. And the Rangers have extra money this year. They they, um, wanted to buy a little bit. Um, in the off season, but didn't find anything that was going to turn the table, and so they kind of knew that this was a turnaround year, and so um, now they're using it to get extra guys, and that, I think that's a really good idea. And um, for the Giants, um, they're kind of in, in an in between spot where there's probably not going to make the playoffs, but they could. Um, but they aren't really at a point where they should sell off everybody. They're hoping for next year, so they're going to get themselves underneath the cap and uh, stay safe so that they can compete better next year. And at the same time, they're getting rid of a couple guys that they don't really want uh, need anymore, and they're allowing themselves to get some prospects up there that they didn't know um, what they could do for sure, and um, it allows them to get a little bit more time to decide, hey, are we going to go long-term with these guys or not? Yeah, and, and when you say cap there, of course, we're talking about that luxury tax cap, Yeah, and the Giants actually paid that last year, right? So yeah. if they had stayed where they were, they were right at it again this year, and they could have paid a repeat offender uh, penalty on top of that tax, right? Yes. So, um, yeah, it, it's a very interesting trade because both of these teams are in, you know, one's in the National League West, one's in the American League West, you know, the Texas, obviously, in the American League, and the Giants in the National League. Um, and what the thing about it is, is they're both in two pretty tough divisions you know with the uh nationally what you got the dodgers who have been on a roll lately uh the diamondbacks are are in there um 
and then you got you know you follow up with the, the Giants and, and those teams um, and the Rockies. You know they're they're kind of mixed in there, and no one's quite sure what's going to happen in that division. It looks like maybe the Dodgers have are finding their footing and could you know are setting themselves up to take that division in the second half here, like a lot of people expected. But then you go over to the American League West, where you've got the reigning champs and the Astros. You got the Mariners, who have found a way to kind of position themselves in that handful of elite teams in the American League, and you got an Angels team that, you know, on paper they're really good. They've got the best all-around player in the sport. Um, so they're they're not a you know they're not a, a an easy team to get ahead of. You know they're definitely a team that's going to be competitive. And then you've got the Rangers. Um, after, well, and, and even the A's. The A's are. They're, they're, they're finding a way to make it happen, right? I mean, they're one of the hottest teams going right now. Yeah. Um, so when you look at this trade, whenever I initially saw it, like let's let's talk about your Rangers for a second. Yeah. Um, you know, I figured that the Rangers were going to be a team that was you know a definite seller, you know, in 2018, and instead they're here they are they're acquiring a little bit of, of players. I mean, obviously, you know, like you said, they're they're looking at. Acquiring some prospects, Austin Jackson was, you know, a player that they had to absorb to make this happen, so that it helped the Giants out money wise. Uh, and like you said, Texas didn't even worry about him reporting to well, Arlington, right? So, well, you know, um, there's a lot of concern going into the year about what they were going to do at center field, and a lot of people wanted Austin Jackson, um, and with the direction that they chose. Uh, it was just smarter to give other people a chance. In fact, um, if they could, if they could free up um, the DH spot, if they could trade uh, Chu, they would. They would have. They would bring up another young guy, um, either uh, Willie Calhoun, who um, is a top hitting prospect but not very good fielder, or uh, Scott Heineman, who um, is just a guy who's kind of played out of, you know, played a little bit better than people expected. And he's a little bit older because he came out of college at 23, you know, and um, he's 26 now. And um, both those guys, I'd like to see some time. But, um, you know, uh, the thing with, with the Rangers, well, just in general, when you're selling and buying, um, it, it doesn't always make sense to just be one or the other. Like, um, a lot of times it's very smart to go ahead and do a little bit of both. Um, and um, if... If you're sitting in a situation where you have a good team going and you have a guy that um, it, you know isn't going to come back next year um, that you could replace, it makes a lot of sense to sell. And, um, you know, uh, that's, that's something um, on the opposite end. But for the Rangers themselves, you know, they're looking long term. They're thinking, what am I going to do to get better? And if it takes buying a few guys, then let's do it. And in this particular case... Um, they just had uh, three um, relief pitchers. Well, over the course of time, they've had three of the relief pitchers uh, go on the DL and um, not coming back for a little while. So uh, picking up Garen, he, you know, he's not a great pitcher, but he's another arm, and that's all they need. And you know, if they want him again next year, there's an option to pick him up. And if they don't, they can let him go. So yeah, and then with the with the Giants, you know, obviously. 
they had every intention going into 2018 to compete this year. I mean, with the moves that they made during the offseason, acquiring Andrew McCutcheon, acquiring Evan Longoria. You know, they've got a veteran team. Um, unfortunately, they're running into a, a, a spot where the majority of their division are good teams, you know, yeah. excluding the Padres. So, you know, for I think they are... I think it was, maybe it was a little surprising to see them deal, but like you said, they need to get on that. Like, what is your taxes? I think they want to be um, players this next offseason again uh, when it comes to some big-name free agents that are going to be hitting the market. Yeah. And, and, and for them to say, hey, let's be strategic about who we move here, right? Because mm-hmm. it's not like they, you know, are, are trading Buster Posey or, or someone like that. You know, they're... They're picking and choosing, so that you know it leads to the you know our main question for this show uh, of you know teams that are not in it. You know how do you make those decisions? How, how do you know? Okay, I should go all in here and and just fire sale and restock the farm system, or how do you say, man, maybe we're just not getting you know maybe we got some unlucky breaks. Um, this this year and and let's stand pat and let's hope for a better outcome next season. You know those are some difficult choices for front offices, but it also puts a the fans in an interesting spot. Like like how do you root? Like what do you root for if your team is clearly not going to make the playoffs and it's the All Star break? You know what are you hoping that they? just do their best and go out and put their best effort out there? Or do you say, let's hope we get, you know, as high of a draft pick as we can? Um, and that that's a interesting question to me. What's your take on it? Like, do you think that, um, that fans should kind of root for the tank and root for the long term, you know, getting those better, hopefully better prospects in the system? Or do you think... No, you should root for your team to go out and win, regardless of where you're at in the standings. Uh, I I lean more towards uh, rooting to win. Um, a few years ago, uh, the Rangers have been doing really well, and then they had this season where everybody got injured, and um, man, we were bad. And I I've never seen so many injuries in all my years of watching baseball. But um, anyway, uh, towards the end of the year. Um, they had they actually blew the uh, top a top three pick by winning um, quite a bit there towards the end, and um, they actually lost um, Alex Bregman out of it, and they drafted fourth and um, ended up with Dylan Tate, and um, uh, it might have been fifth, but whichever one uh, Bregman went before them to the Astros when the Astros were being shady and ended up getting two picks because they were bad at life, but um, <laughs> they um, you know really won out on it. But the point of that matter is um, I've seen where maybe we should have just called it and um, you know go ahead and get it. But I'm I'm glad our guys tried to win out, and the next year we were good and probably better for it. And um, you know as far as for for the Giants, you know you're in this in between spot. Um, honestly, selling off the whole team it probably isn't going to get you 
too low. Um, it's kind of one of those things where if you are in the top three picks or so, it's not going to do you as much good. Uh, of course, though, you get the pick at the top of each round, um, which is nice. But, you know, um, I, I say go for it. You know, build your team up. Be ready for the next year. You know, um, maybe... Who knows? Baseball's crazy. Maybe something happens. Maybe you catch a team that's five games ahead of you and jump all the others. It's happened before several times. And, yeah. you know, with that second wild card, there's all sorts of options. Of course, NL is tough. I mean, the top, the top, uh, each, no division is running away. There's two teams at the top of each division, and they're all similar records. So if you're sitting there uh, close to 500, it, it's going to be tough. But. Yeah, it definitely is. Then you got the the opposite for like, you know, obviously I'm a Royals fan, and when you look at Kansas City, like going into the year, I knew that, and I think most, you know, most of the fans that have been around for the Royals for a long time knew that we were going to have, you know, a rougher year than what we've had in the past handful of seasons. Um, but I'm not sure, especially once, you know, the market broke the way it did and we were able to bring – Mustakis back to Kansas City. I'm not sure that everyone necessarily thought it was going to be this bad. I mean, if it wasn't for Baltimore, Kansas City would be having a historically bad year uh, right now. So, and, and Kansas City, you know, they've already made a couple of trades early. You know, trading John Jay, trading Kelvin Herrera. I think they've got one or two more in them. Um you know, with Moustakis being that primary trade candidate. And honestly, from a, from my fan side of it, I want to see the Royals win. Um, but I also know kind of what's at stake. If I don't know if you remember back, there was... Um, I don't remember exactly how many... I, I believe it was the, the draft when Strasburg was in the draft. Yeah. Uh, that season before... It came down to the last game of the season, and the Royals potentially could have had that number one pick. And they ended up beating Detroit on the final game of the season, dropping the number two. They miss out on Strasburg. Yeah. Uh, so that's what we're kind of talking about whenever you're you know, in that top, or in the, those bottom five teams, right? So it's like, at that point, man, is it wrong from a fan's perspective to you know, root for your team to, to lose so you can get that best prospect, you know, in the next draft. Um, you know, just for me going into the deadline, I, I expect Moose to be moved. I, I want him to go to a contender, and I want to see him have success because he's, you know, came up and he's always been a Royal. So I always root for those guys uh, even after they're gone. Um, I don't know. It's it's a... Uh, it's a, it's a tough situation sometimes for a fan because you don't want to appear as you're saying you you don't want to say oh well I want my team to be bad because you never want your team to be bad you want them to compete um, but there's it's different when they're already bad <laughs> like, yeah. like I mean like there's there's no way that the Raiders had a chance most all this season and there's no way the Royals had a chance or the Orioles and you know it's just kind of like. Well, you know, you know they're going to be bad, but I, I, you know, it's just hard for me to be. Hey, go ahead, 
loose, you know, yeah. like, like I don't, and um, the sad thing is you look at, you look at some fans and in the first week or two of the season or after, after it didn't go well to begin with, they're already saying, all right, trade everybody off, team tank, team tank, team tank. And it's like, you know what, I, I, there's a lot of good things still happening. There's a lot of interesting things and it's, it's worthwhile to continue to, to not only, uh, cheer for them to win but to to tune in you know like um we've got I, I, like for us personally we've got young guys playing and um yeah. chu has um a, a on base streak 48 games most in rangers history um are well tied for it i believe and um you know uh there's all sorts of things reasons to keep going but when you're in those bottom four or five it's really tough the next year when, you know, you could have had one guy, but you ended up with another. But who knows what would have happened, even if it went the other way, you know? Yeah. Like, and, let, and let's talk about Baltimore for a second, and then we're going to dive into some other teams as well. But Baltimore is an interesting case. Yeah, their, their pitching was not good, even going into the season. And I think most people knew that their pitching was not going to be good. But even so, their lineup was stacked with talent, right? I mean, even as bad as they have been with the worst record in the bigs, they've still got a starter in the All-Star game in Manny Machado, you know, obviously the hottest name for this trade deadline who's going to be moved. And I think if you're a Baltimore fan at this point, you say trade everyone you can. You know, I think Adam Jones could be moved, uh, Zach Britton. If you could get anything at all out of Chris Davis, Baltimore happily would. I don't think you can. Um, Uh, No, no. 80 million over four years. No. They're, they're stuck with him, or they're going to have to cut him, or just hope he turns it around. But, yeah. Um, but, I mean, I think you I think you listen on on almost anybody at this point if you're well, Baltimore. A couple things. Um, I've been, and who knows, like, I mean, you know, on this end you can't really know, but but they, from what I've seen, they're, they've been really hit and miss, and they'll be aggressive for a little bit and then back way off, and... You know, it's almost like they aren't, they haven't really decided what they want to do overall. And I mean, as as a fan, I know I would want them to get, you know, to sell off all those guys and then even look at Bundy or Gosman, who, who you've got control on them for through uh, 2020 with one and 2021 with the other, and they're good pitchers. If they put them out on the market right now, they'd probably be the top pitchers out there. And, um, you know, like I I know their pitching isn't very good, and you've got to have guys out there, but but still, like, it, it would make sense. You know, if, if you want to fire – do a complete fire cell. That's what that's what you could do, and their team would be um, would be terrible. But they're already bad. Yeah, so. and and I think that's what you got to do because one, you know, Machado's not coming back next year. He's mm-hmm. hitting free agency. It, the sign, you know, it, the writing's on the wall. He's gone, right? And you look at it as you're in a division with the Yankees and the Red Sox, who's two of the best teams in baseball at this point. You're not winning in the next few years if you're Baltimore. So you need to play that long-term game, and you need to collect assets, and you need to try to be on the come-up as those teams are maybe mm-hmm. coming back down a little bit if you want to compete. So I think they're in a situation where they need to go all in and trade. I wouldn't say that about everyone. And, in fact, well, I'd like well, to – you've got the uh, – go ahead and say what well, you want to say. What do you think about Bundy and um, Gosman there? Because, because even though – 
Machado, you know, should get the most out there. We all know that the trade deadline pitchers are what get you things. Yeah, and I think I think with when you're looking at at Bundy and Gosman, when you're looking at those starters from Baltimore, what's really going to impact that is what the Mets decide to do. If the Mets decide to make some of their oh, yeah. starters available, that's going to really bring that price down on other pitchers. But teams may actually like that. You know, there's some you get a team like like. The Red Sox, for example, I wouldn't be surprised if they were able to find a steal of a starting pitcher to see them add another guy to that rotation, mm-hmm. um, and it could be a someone like a Bundy um, or you know a, a Jay Happ or, or someone like that. Because if if Degrom or Mots or Syndergaard or any of those guys from the Mets legitimately become available. Then it totally changes the the starting pitching landscape for this trade deadline. I also feel bad for the Orioles in general because you know um, the Rangers want to trade off some of their guys. Yeah, they're in one of the best divisions, but the Orioles are in the division with two of the biggest buyers um, of all time. You know, yeah. uh, well, more recent, like since I've been. You know, since I've been around, of course the Dodgers are there now, and you know any team that's starting to get hot will buy. But but like I mean, it's it's a lot harder to trade inside your division. It happens, but the Red Sox and the Yankees, it, it's tough to be in the same division and to be the person holding all the cards because um, they're they're going to make it hard on you. They're not going to get want to give you stuff that they're watching. Yeah, and, yeah, definitely. Well, you've got you've got the standings there. Let's do this. Why don't you just kind of scroll through them and throw out some teams that you feel fit in this mold of, you know, they're probably not competing this year. And let's just say what we think we they should do. You know, should they stand pat? You know, is it is it breaks or should they be sellers at the deadline? Well, let let's start with one. Um, like, uh, you know, we're we're going to let most of the teams that are close to five hundred or a little bit over go, but um. Let's look at the Blue Jays for a minute because the Blue Jays have some um, interesting pieces. You wrote about a few, um, but you know they haven't really gone the way that they wanted this year. And um, the Blue Jays, I don't know, they're a team that they're not going to be the very bottom, even if they sold all the way out. Um, but um, they're also not making the playoffs. You know, and yeah. are they really built for the future? I don't really think so. Yeah, so yeah, they're one of the five teams that I wrote about in my trade chip series uh, as being teams that I think should definitely be selling at this deadline. And they are, you know, I think what I said about them was they may be in the kind of most unique position out of all five of those teams that I wrote about because they have some solid young guys, right? They've got some guys to make a core out of already on the roster. They've also got some veterans that still have some value that you could go out and you can acquire some guys mm-hmm. to add to that core. Um, so, I mean, you know, Donaldson, he's been hurt this year. He's not played a lot. He's not doing him any favors one way or the other. Yeah, but <laughs> I, I think I think he'll get dealt. You know, I, I, I think St. Louis, yeah. you know, will be the team that maybe goes out. You know, they flirt. He's in his walk year, right? Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, St. Louis has flirted with them in the past. I think they've waited too long to make that push, but I think that you'll see them go for it because 
St. Louis is hanging in there in the NL Central. I don't think they're going to get to October. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think it'll be one of those things where they make a move like a Josh Donaldson and saying, hey, you know, we're we're trying. You know, it's it's kind of a saving face type move. Um, Uh, I mean, they've got, you know, uh, the... Toronto has J.A. Happ, who I think is going to yeah. be dealt. You know, he's going to be a solid, you know, middle of the rotation guy he for might a playoff be one team. Of the top pitchers out there too, depending if New York puts their guys out there. Or not. Yeah, yeah. And if if the Mets decide not to deal, then Happ, Happ you know, is the top pitcher. I mean, Hamels might be next. Yeah, Cole, Cole Hamels. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think you know you can get something decent for Happ. Um, he's same thing, you know, free agent. Um, and then after that, Toronto's got, you know, some guys that maybe there's some value there. Got um, some guys coming up too, huh? Yeah, well, I mean, they've got, you, you're talking about like a Kenji's Morales or a Curtis Granderson, you know, some of these veteran guys who you're not going to get much in return at all. But, you know, there may be, you know, a team that's on the fringe that's willing to take that gamble and bring them in to see if they help them out. Well, they could essentially buy a risky prospect, you know, a guy that, that somebody, you know, is kind of done with and, hey, you see something in them. And that's that's what the Rangers did in that Giants trade, you know, like that yeah. same idea. But they would be trading somebody off to get, you know, to get somebody that they're not the top they're not even in the top 25, you know, like Jason Barrett. He was the 29th, I believe, in, in the Giants um, organization. So they're not even in the top 20. But if you see something, you know, especially with those older guys, that you know, there might be something there. They didn't get as much of a – they started later, went to college, you know. Yeah. So, so I mean, I think I think the with Toronto, we're pretty set on them being a seller. I think so. uh, you know I I could see them going either going either way, but well, but they, they, they've got the, they've got the, well they've set. got the same problem with being in the American League East, and yeah. you're not going to compete with the Yankees in Boston for a little while, so you got to be thinking the future. Yeah, and I I don't know. It's hard to say because you're infinitely thinking that over there. So, um, <laughs> it's, it, but it's one of those things um, that, um, where. Where I could see them go either way, but like I, I don't see them necessarily selling everything off, you know, and just being done with it. But yeah. but those guys that you were talking about, all of them make sense to sell, um, and then um, get get some of their younger guys even more time and to gel and figure things out. Yeah. Um, so uh, another well, I mean, the entire AL Central is not doing well this year, but but I I think um, the obvious. Um, the obvious team that's uh, you know just way out there, but they've already done a lot of selling is the White Sox. Um, yeah, I think I think I think the White Sox. I mean, there's rumors of possibly them looking to deal Jose Abreu. Yeah. Um, but honestly, I think the White Sox should just stay pat. I mean, they're who else? Like, who else can they even sell? Like, they've they've already sold. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, at this point, you know, this is they're they're full blown rebuild. They're, they've got guys. Let them play. Let them develop. Um, because they've like taken you said, the I mean, Astros the Astros method of let's blow five years and uh, just hope our fan base comes back when we win. And well, so. I mean, the thing with the White Sox is they're in the weakest division in baseball, right? So, I mean. 
you know, get those guys playing time, let them gel, and 2019, who knows? I mean, you might be able to co- to compete in that division because Cleveland's the only one, the only good team at this point, and so I mean, the the window for teams in the American League Central can open quicker than in almost any other division well, at this point. And um, well, as far as the Twins and Tigers go, um, they're you know the uh, sitting forty two and forty nine for the Twins and forty and fifty five for the Tigers and. Um, twins weren't really expected to be sitting where they're sitting this year. Um, and so they're kind of in one of those situations, um, where it's like, uh, where it's a little bit more of a question of what to do because they, they, they should have been a little bit better. Yeah. And they're, they're, like you said, they don't have much competition for a little while. So, um, you, you know, um, do yeah. you even buy a little bit? I like, mean, Minnesota had a good 2017. And, yeah, I mean, maybe they, they are – maybe they pull off a, a sneaky deal um, for someone that can help them next year and help them ba- bounce back. Because would you be surprised if Minnesota's – Right in the mix for the Central next year. I mean, I don't think yeah. I would, but I, d- I definitely don't think they should sell. Now, Detroit, on the other hand, I think they should look to deal off some pieces, oh, and because yeah. I mean, they are, you know they're kind of flirting with that whole rebuild, you know, being Do on they? the at the beginning of that rebuild stage. So why they've not? Sold off a lot already. Right, last year they ended up selling off quite a bit. Do they even? Or do they have much yeah. left? Well, or? I mean, the the big name with them is going to be Fulmer. Yeah, um, he's going to be a you know a pitcher that teams have legitimate interest in. Fears. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the 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 biggest thing with Detroit is going to be what happens with Miggy. I mean, yeah. Obviously, he's shut down for the year. He's injured. He's he's got a lot of money that's still owed to him. But he's also not young anymore. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're kind of almost handcuffed to what he decides to do at this point. So, might as well trade what little bit of, you know, assets you have at this point that that, that can get you stuff in the future. Um, And then just go into the offseason and have those talks with Miggy to see what he thinks about his own future. Where's he going to go? Or what's he going to do, basically? Yeah, like, I mean... Is he going to DH? Is he forever hurt? Well, and that's the thing. I mean, I don't necessarily see him leaving all that money on the table, but you've got to think that he at least has to mull retirement a little bit. Uh, they they would probably work a deal out with him. Um, I mean, that happened a few years ago with Prince Fielder, and um, it was one of those things where the insurance took it, and they had to keep him on. They had to keep him on the uh, forty man through the off season, and uh, so you know they had to be careful. But um, they kept him for a year and a half. Paying him full amount, and then after that, the insurance let him drop him. And the last two or three years, and they paid the amount that yeah. they're going to pay. And so, I mean, you know, it could be if if he's like really, really hurt, it could be well, one of those things. I mean, and, you know, obviously, it's a little bit different than Fielder because Fielder had a kind of a scary injury, right, he, he, with his neck and everything. And yeah, he, but he was also younger. I mean, that's the thing. Yeah. That's the thing that makes the the whole. Miguel That's Cabrera's true. situation interesting is that he's 
you know, getting into his later thirties. That's true. You know, and he's gonna say, Do I want to put do Keep I want to, do I want to have to put in the time that it's gonna take for me to bounce back? You know, because it's gonna it's, it takes longer for my, for people's bodies to heal as they get older. He's, he's thirty million a year, right? Uh, yeah, thirty million plus. Yeah. So I mean, he's made a ton of money, but it'd be he didn't sign that contract to leave it on the table. So yeah, <laughs> but um, so um, I don't know. That's you know, those teams are interesting. And uh, if we jump over here to the National League. Um, and you know, actually, before we do that, um, there, you know, uh, the other team that or two that I could see maybe selling would be the Rays. Like, I mean, we can't really talk about selling without the Rays. Uh, there, you know, there's a good chance that they could decide to because that's what they do. And um, you know, they have Chris Archer. They could, yeah. And Archer's a name that's been floated around for several seasons now. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if they made that push, especially with the announcement of, you know, them trying to, you know, get that new ballpark built, mm-hmm. you know, maybe you try to try to get something actually yeah, in Tampa. Yeah. Get quality assets that will be ready to contribute by the time that stadium opens and be able to put an exciting team out there at that point. So, yeah. Um, so I could see them selling, um, and I could see them staying pat. Like, I mean, either way, but, um, you know. Uh, so, in the National League, um, as we said before, uh, each division has um, a couple teams that are really, really close to each other for the lead of their division. Um, and then there's... Um, and then in each division, there's some teams that are kind of in the middle, and then you got your um, your guys who are a little bit lower, who still um, might be in second or third place in the AL Central there. But, um, <laughs> right. So, but uh, if you take a take a look, uh, you know, let actually let's look at the Nationals for a minute because they're right at 500. They're about five games, um, six games, really, out of um, the playoffs. So it, it makes sense for them to, to keep going at it. Um, they've had some bad luck off and on this year. Um, I could definitely see them staying, staying at it and, you know, um, uh, trying to um, – trying to keep uh harper and everything um you know maybe maybe they'll be able to pay him less than they originally were thinking they were gonna have to um who knows it's it's kind of hard to say um they could sell i mean washington's in a you know one of the most interesting spots in my opinion uh because they know okay there's a good chance we're losing harper i mean that that's just was the expectation going into this year that this is going to be his last year with the nationals he's going to go he's going to get paid but like you say he's not you know having the greatest year even though he's an all-star um the the, the interesting thing with them is they already bit on one trade with kelvin Herrera. i mean they didn't have to pay a whole lot to get him uh-huh. so i don't think like if it was me and um you know, one of our other writers, Andrew Teaster, wrote this that about you know, do you consider trading Bryce Harper? If I'm uh, in Washington, I say yes. I say you see what you can get out there, and you you know stock up because the East, even with the Braves and the Phillies coming on, Washington's still in that. You know, they've still got Scherzer, they've still got 
when healthy, you know, a good Strasburg, all this, all, all these play, pieces in place, and then you got young guys, you know, with Soto and Robles and all these guys that are coming yeah. up and they're performing at a young age. They can, they're still in a spot to continue to be competitive in that division. Um, I don't, I, with them, I, I mean, I, I would look to trade Harper. I don't think they're going to, so I'm not saying that at all. Um, but I, if I'm, I'm go the other way with that, um, and I get uh, actually, well, if you could get a top fifty prospect out of him and then something else that you you know you should do it. But like odds are, you aren't going to get a top fifty overall prospect. Yeah. Um, and like you know what, like there's been crazier things than teams um, making the playoffs from six games out at the at the all-star break yeah and, yeah you know they they've got to jump a little bit but not too much um, well they do have to jump several teams but um you know um, it wouldn't take much for Harper to get to be on fire well, and to erase this entire first half of this season well, well let me put let me let me put put this out there if I am in that front office, I wouldn't necessarily consider myself a buyer either. I think oh, if yeah. I think if there's players there that they can get on the cheap, then you look to add to it. But you don't want to give up any legitimate assets if you're the Nationals at this point. You let the season play out oh, however yeah. it's going to play out, and you keep that good farm system that you have. You know oh, those, yeah. those top prospects, and you let them come up and let them be that next wave that hopefully gets you to the point that you've kind of been falling short of exactly and uh, as i said earlier um i always feel like the best the best position is to be a buyer and a seller and so um you know if you buy buy smart you know buy somebody that's going to give you a couple more years um buy somebody that's not necessarily all that expensive but it's going to fix a small spot for you for a little bit um role player um, if you sell, you know, sell what you know you're going to lose. I mean, Harper would be good, but, like, if you're not going to get a whole lot for him, you know, it's worth it. Like, if, if he if he catches fire, I mean, all you have to do is get that second wild card, and, you know, who knows what will happen in the um, – yeah. In the playoffs, so um, you know, uh, like you said, it's a hard, it's a hard spot. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that they should buy either. Like they shouldn't be looking big, but like, you know, um, I always think it's best buy if buy, you know, buy if there's a good thing for you. Sell if there's a good thing for you. Yeah. Mm. So, um, you know, we've got the Mets and the Marlins sitting there, and um, Mets are. Let's start with the Mets. They're thirty-seven and fifty-four. Um, They've got, they've got, um, they've got the guys to sell. Um, they don't make much sense a lot of times in the front office, and they've got the, the, um, the you know, they've got the sad, um, the sad thing right now with their GM um, being out, and um, you know, uh, it's kind of one of those things um, where. Uh, who I don't I don't know I don't know what they overall if they're going to end up selling but they sh- probably should I, I think I think if you're the Mets you do sell you sell veteran players though like the the big issue here is that you're hearing names like Syndergaard floating around right and they have enough of those guys that are like 25 and younger that they could retool a little bit here and and. Hang. You need to do that though, because the Atlanta's ahead of the curve. The Phillies are showing that they 
are probably a little ahead of their curve as well. Uh-huh. And while I think the Phillies are going to drop back in the second half a bit, you know, like I think next year, you know, they're going to go into it with confidence, and you're going to, yeah. and that's going to make that division interesting. So if you're the Mets, you need to say, okay, you know, as Drupal Cabrera. Um, I can't even remember who else I put on. Oh, uh, I think, you know, cause he's a te- he's a guy that is going to make sense for a lot of teams. You know, I, I on my trade chip article, I've said Boston yeah. for him. Uh, but I think the biggest name that you look at is Jacob de- DeGrom. Oh yeah. They've still got con- some control over him, but he's 30 years old. He's a legitimate ace. You can get a ton back to add in to these young guys that you have in on the Mets roster that can hopefully, you know, if you add to it, be able to hang in there with these upstart Braves and Phillies. Uh, the thing with the Mets is I just feel like, and maybe I'm a little off, but I just feel like they have a history of just making dumb trades. Yeah. And, like, making moves that just don't make much sense because they want to be the Yankees and they aren't. And um, maybe that's not the reason, but that's what it feels like. And right. so, um, uh, like, I, you know, like, like if they're if they're in a good enough spot with their kind of, but you know, in term, they've got a couple of different guys um, as their GM to make a good trade. Then they should do it. But like you know, they need to be careful not to just get you know, not just to sell the farm and not get anything for them. Um, that you know, you see that happen off and on, and especially in situations like that. Um, and you know, another team um, here, if you don't mind me moving, is to the is Miami, the Marlins, and yeah, I don't know they. They just are sold everything off. I mean, they've got a little bit here and there. If, um, if, I, if I'm the Marlins, I think I just stay pat. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, I think I think if definitely. they if they deal someone, it's going to be Romalto, and there's going to be teams that can definitely use a catcher, use an all star caliber catcher. But man, you've got to give people in Miami some reason to come out there, and if they deal him, uh, I mean, you could you could deal with Starlin Castro if you find someone that will take him. But you deal, you deal, uh, Romalto, It's got to be, it's got to be at least two top fifty prospects or top one hundred prospects. Hopefully, top fifty. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, I th- maybe I think, three I th- top one hundred. And I mean, honestly, you know, there's not much of that out there to be given. No. Well, I mean, and, you know, new ownership, Derek Jeter and them guys came in and they messed up. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I was going to try to say it a little nicer. I was like they they made they put their fingerprint on it right out the get-go, but I think, you know, they shook stuff up so much in the off season that it's probably smart for them to just to just stay where they're at and and just ride out the course for the rest of this year. You know, maybe you look and see, okay, can we do some more stuff in the upcoming offseason. I mean, I feel bad for Marlins fans. I mean, I don't know. Like, maybe I'm wrong, but it felt like they got very little in return for what they gave up this last offseason. And maybe there's a lot more there than I thought. But, um, you know, uh, I don't even know. Like, I mean, when I've been in in the past, um, I've been rooting for teams, and we start giving up people and getting nothing. And yeah, I'm rooting for my team not to trade anybody yeah. because they they aren't going to make a good trade. <laughs> like, right. like they're just trying to save money. And um, I don't know that that's the case necessarily with the well, Marlins, but I don't know. I, I think it very well could be, and, and they're going to be. 
you know, probably at the bottom of that division for a while, so you might as well not do anything too crazy. You've got you've got some good teams in that division, and it's that's just tough. Um, you've got uh, uh, you know, uh, the central here, and um, you know, we've we've touched on the Cardinals and stuff, and um, honestly, like if if I were the Cardinals. I would try to sell anything that I had, but the Cardinals aren't going to do that. Um, they might the, try to buy a little bit, but yeah, the, I mean, the, with the Cardinals, I, mean, I think you're right. It would be smart to, to trade or to make some deals uh, to sell off and get some assets because they they honestly need it. At the very least, though, stand pat because I think, they're, yeah. like I said, I think they're going to go and they're going to try to make a move. They're going to say, "Hey, we're trying to be competitive," but they're going to end up with someone like I said, like Josh Donaldson, I, that. Isn't going to help you in 2018. Maybe they help you in 2019. Maybe. But in the end, it's probably going to be one of those moves that you end up regretting. But they're, they're always... I don't know. I've always felt like with them that they don't make a make a move unless they're, they feel like they're a clear winner. So, um, uh, you know, like they're always selling off people at their absolute highest and buying people um, right before they, you know, get, you know, come back. And um, so, I mean, they probably won't make a move unless they feel like they're going to win. And, I mean, you take a look at the Pirates. They've already sold most things. Um, I, think you know. the, I think the Pirates have a couple more pieces they could deal. And, honestly, they might be smart to because they've been one of those surprising teams this year that once they dealt, you know, McCutcheon and and, Cole and some of these guys that they've dealt off, they could have been worse. Well, <laughs> they're forty four exactly, and forty nine. Exactly, they're you know? they're they're hanging around. They've hung around most of the year, right? Um, so why not, you know, trade off a player like like a Josh Harrison and, and get some more, you know, mm. young guys to go with these guys that are having a little bit of success. Yeah, and I mean, I'm not I'm not familiar enough with uh, their veterans that they have left. So like, you know, but like if if they can get something, they should. You know, yeah. and um, they're, they're a team that maybe they should buy for a couple years from now, too, if they can get it. So, um, you know, um, let's uh, let's take a, a final look with um, um, we'll, we'll skip over a few of these teams. But let's look at the Reds and the Padres for the end here. Um, okay. I know that you wrote some about the Reds. Yeah, I think um, the Reds should be a seller. I mean, they've been on a hot streak. You know, they're playing better. Um so that gives you some hope, you know, going forward. But it's not going to happen in 2018. So deal off the guys that you have um, and, and help improve your future. Now, when you're talking about the NL West, honestly, I don't feel like there's any team in there that should sell at all. I think you stand pat, or if you think you can make a run, you look to to you know buy a little bit. You know, like the Dodgers, I think they should be a buyer. Um, Arizona's made it pretty clear that they want to be a buyer. Um, but I don't see any team in there that really needs to be selling at this point. Because, I mean, San Diego, you know, they had a big offseason, right? They they gave out a big deal to Hosmer. They're saying, hey, we're convinced that we're at a point where we can bring it, make, make a move like that and be competitive in the near future. And if, and if you deal off guys, you're kind of going back on that at well, this and, and, and well, very when, quickly. When Preller came over there, he uh, he kind of tried to jump the gun and made a lot of crazy trades, and um, you know, um, it kind of actually set him back more than help him, I think. But um, you know, they um, 
I, I don't know. It's always weird. Um, you know, they, they're going high analytics. Um, they hired uh, the guy who was the main guy over at Fangraphs, um, which is weird because he used to write all sorts of terrible articles about how he would never try to get Hosmer, and then they picked him <laughs> up like two weeks later. But um, anyway, like, yeah, like, I mean, I don't know. Uh, they're they're kind of trying to hold on to jobs over there, I think. And um, and when you talk about the Dodgers, I, I know that they're buyers and all, but honestly, like I I don't see any reason for them to be buyers exactly. I mean, they're just hope that they get all their guys back that have been injured and yeah. and um, they want to stay under. Neath um, that penalty tax, like they they made it clear this year that they were waiting until next year to um, try to get some guys, and so um, if what you know, I could, and they're good enough that they don't have to buy. But if they can, if they can shed off some salary or you know make a couple, you know, like um, I've seen I've seen Puig out there try to sell him. Um, I don't know, I don't know what you do there, but yeah, I mean. Like I said, I, I honestly feel like the NL West is, is a division that should just stand pat kind of across the board. Yeah. But, um, you know, if if you want to compete in the playoffs, there's a couple of those teams, you know, the Dodgers, the Diamondbacks, if they can get in, that, yeah, they could probably use a little bit of help. It's just I don't think they need that over-the-top help, Yeah. you know, that a lot of people are saying. Um, so, you know, buy smart. You know, go, go back yeah. to that. And, you know, don't let – all the injuries fool you. I mean, the Dodgers are sitting at 51-42. You know, they had just recently got Kershaw back. Um, yeah. I mean, they've had um, what both uh, the entire uh, uh, right side of their infield out for the year pretty much. And Yeah. Um, well, and the news that uh, from Chase Utley today that he's going to retire at the end of the year. Um, I mean, yeah, it, I don't know. I think – you're just in a spot where it's it's better to just Sit. roll with what you have, get to the off season, and yeah. and plan from there. Yeah, exactly. So, man, uh, yeah. So, for you guys listening, go on to uh, go on to our Facebook page, go on to our social media, you know, Twitter, go on to outofthepinbaseball.com, and and connect with us. Let us know. You know, are you a fan of one of these teams that are clearly not contending this year? And what do you hope to see your team do here in the rest of the month of July? You know, do you want to see them stamp out? Do you want to see them sell? Um, you know, what are you rooting for? Let us know because we want to have that conversation with you guys. And, uh, and your insight as a fan of your team is going to be um, is going to be stronger in the fact of um, you know you you have such a vested in, interest in in your team, and so yep. Um, Definitely. Well, Andy, I'm I'm glad that you and I got to sit down here and, and do yeah. this for the first time on the podcast. I, I think uh, we're going to be doing this more often. Yeah. So sure. I hope you're excited. I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, it was good. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Um, so yeah, guys, make sure you like I said, go on to outofthepinbaseball.com. Click on our um, our connect page. That will give you links to all of our social media. You know, it's it's at OTP Baseball on Twitter. Uh, it'll get you into our Facebook page. We actually started a Facebook fan group as well. Uh, so you can jump in there and have those discussions with us. Um, you know, lots of good content coming out, lots of video interviews, 
all that stuff and, and daily. It, there's new stuff coming out every day, guys. So make sure you subscribe, uh, YouTube channel, all that good stuff. That way you know when that new content's coming out. Um, and then, you know, keep an eye out for the next Out of the Pin podcast. We hope you enjoyed this show. And we will be back with you later. Thanks, guys. Thank you.